Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hanging Out with Howie. Tonight's topic is what if your laptop is stolen or it actually uh, breaks down on you? But it's going to be a two part. First part is stolen gear. How do you recover it? And with that, I will introduce the uh, panel here real quick. We have Joel Loveless, who works uh, full-time um, in uh, in the PC environment, in security and so forth. Welcome, Joel. Thank you. And we have my, my uh, wingman and cohort in crime, Mr. Brian S. Red. And we have the soothsayer of all things Apple and code and pioneer DJ gear. Christian, a.k.a. Pulse, here with us. Special guest. Thank you so much for being here. And lastly, we have all-around good guy, good friend, and recent crime victim, Travis from Elite Entertainment. Okay, Travis, we are going (laughs) to lead with you because you have been a victim of crime so give us the Reader's Digest version. What happened and how did you retrieve your gear? It's a crime of ignorance on my part, but also a, a, a victim crime as well. So completely my fault. The first time in my entire DJ career, I left my laptop bag, which is a backpack that has two laptops and a tablet and uh, a bunch of various different backup cables and batteries and stuff like that in my van overnight after a gig. I got a little distracted after I got home because I had a really expensive piece of gear show up at my door while I was at the gig that wasn't supposed to be here till Monday. So I just got Mm. sidetracked. And when I came inside the house, I completely forgot to Mm. bring in the backpack. Well, that night someone went through my van and noticed this. I went out there to grab some workout gloves for my wife that she left in my van. I noticed that someone had moved or someone had opened the glove compartment. They moved my center console Napkins were all over the floorboard, but I didn't think anything of it. Every Sunday I go to my wife's cousin's house and hang out with them so the kids can play. And I was opening up my son's diaper bag that I keep in the van at all times. And that's when it kind of hit me. My laptop, my laptops are gone. So went into freak out mode, reported them stolen, all that good stuff. But the very next day, the person who took my uh, my bag. I do not put a lock screen on my tablet for a reason. And the main reason why is because if someone does steal it and they hook it to a Wi-Fi source, it's extremely easy to track. So in less than 40 hours of it being stolen, I had the exact location of where my tablet was. So I went to the police, I showed them all the evidence that I had. They went and recovered my gear, but it's, uh, it's more about the feeling that you get when that happens to you. It's a really helpless feeling when you realize that the entire lifeblood of your business has ended up stolen. Now, with all that being said, I have three hard drives at home that I keep as my backup. They're my three master hard drives. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't a total loss. I was still able to go out, buy a laptop, back it up. But when I was able to find my gear, that was, that was the ultimate feeling. I was actually able to have everything back the way it exactly as it was. So yeah, that's, that's the, the story in a nutshell. <laughs> so that was a trick not to have a lock on it so that they could open it then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that could have that could backfire on you also, because if they mm-hmm. went ahead and wiped the hard drive or reformat the tablet, mm-hmm. then you're pretty much done because it relies on your email address. Right. But uh, it was just nice. The fact that they didn't think of that kind of a stupid criminal story, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it all worked out, but it was still a really terrible feeling. Now, Joel, I know there is a feature in uh, PCs, especially with uh, Microsoft, that find my device. Right. It also exists and, on the Mac too. And but I what I what I found out doing research is that, and I had never done this. I I, I just did it today that. To be able to activate that, you have to be an administrator. Correct. Most everybody with your home PC or your laptop, you are the primary administrator when you when you the first account becomes the primary administrator of the box. But when you if you add other users, you can add them with different privileges. Mm-hmm. And you need admin privileges on PC to just to install software. Uh, with all the security that Microsoft has put in these days. So now let me ask you then if they stole my PC and it was closed, would the GPS still work to be able to track that? Well, I mean, like Travis said, do you lock your computer? Like mine, I have a password. I locked mine with a password. So when Mm -hmm. they flip it up, there's going to be my username with, and asking for a password. If they don't have it, they're not going to get started. Now, whether Windows would start it up in the background and and actually start uh, distributing information to you is dependent on the software package. I'm not familiar with some of those software packages, but yeah, from what little bit bit I read is that as an administrator, you could go in and get a GPS location, and you could also remotely turn it off so that they can't get anything from it. Right, but nowadays with firewalls and antivirus software, because of malicious activity, they're blocking a lot of the port access is necessary to remotely connect to computers. So your software may inhibit your ability to get onto your computer remotely unless you enable it. And again, that's a, that's an administrator type function that right, you, right. you select based on what level of security, like my office will not allow the admin password to be functional. And in fact, they've actually started taking away our local admin access to our own laptops oh, wow. because of security protocols. Right. And IT people, we complain dearly about it because I don't want to have to call the IT administrator every time I need to install a piece of software that I'm trying to use for work. Mm. So Mm. there's a lot to that nowadays with security wise. Okay. Now we come to, well, because I'm both Apple and PC. Christian, or should we call you Christian or Pulse? Don't call me late for dinner. (laughs) <laughs> All right. He's still the great white go. Canadian to me. Hey, white. Hey. hey, we call him white. Now, how Mr. does Mr. this Taylor over there? 
does this work similarly with um, with uh, Apple products? Well, Howie, I'll, I'll tell you that um, Apple actually has a leg up on Mac with their, e- uh, or sorry, Apple has a leg up on Windows with their ecosystem because uh, these scenarios, like Travis was saying, having no password on his tablet allows someone to be able to connect to a network. That is something that is necessary for those devices that don't have an ecosystem. So an Android tablet, or a, a Windows tablet that can't communicate to other devices the same way Apple's do, you have to get them on the Wi-Fi in order for it to say, hey, I'm connected to the internet, here I am. And even you know, in the situation where someone has stolen a computer, you're talking about uh, a Windows machine with location ID, it has to have uh, an SSID for a wireless network it knows and it has to know where that is. So in other words, another mobile device that has GPS has, has got to find it. Your phone has a GPS, your laptop doesn't in most cases. So those kinds of things, it's like, it's it's the dumbest thing in the world if it doesn't know where it is. But with Apple's ecosystem, all of these devices talk to each other. The, 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 the case, the charging case for my earbuds communicates with other devices for the Find My. It knows where this is. If I leave this behind, I can just start pinging it. It's registered to my account. Doesn't matter if it's my, my phone, my iPad, my computer, all of these things don't have to be online. They just have to be in proximity with another Apple device. And I'm sure you guys have all seen AirTags. Those things, the little Bluetooth trackers, I just slip those into bags. I've got, I got the four pack for what, 120 bucks. You can stick them in the backpack. Uh, that way, if you leave it behind somewhere or somebody takes it, Ooh. it's, it's pinging. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting story. Over the summer, our vehicle broke down up going up to the interior of the province to go see my parents. And we had to get it towed, but my dad came up and picked us up. And so we got to his place and I wanted to see, had my vehicle been towed yet? Had the guy come and pick it up because we were unattended. I had a, an air tag in my vehicle and I knew when I checked it at 3 a.m., it still hadn't been towed. But at 6 a.m., I know that somebody had with an iPhone, somebody with an iPhone was in, within proximity of my vehicle because then it pinged as being at a different location. So the driver of the, the tow truck probably had an Android phone, but whoever walked past the, the vehicle when it was at the, the service station had an iPhone and it updated the location. So those things, whether it's your device, your computer, your whatever, wow. you got an air tag in there, it updates the location. And you can also use it to find them. You ping it and make it beep. So there's there's lots that you can do for security stuff. I've seen guys um, embedding the the air tags into their electric scooters because those are high theft item. I think DJs should definitely get uh, get air tags. Wow! Now that air tag because I have iPads would mm-hmm. I would that work with the iPad as well? You wouldn't actually need it because the air the the iPad already has Find My built in. It's got the Bluetooth. It's got the the ability to connect to Wi-Fi. So it's already communicating with other devices. If you said, "I've lost my iPad," you put it in the lost mode. It locks it down. You can have it display a custom message. You can have it play a sound. So if somebody rips off your your iPad and you think, "Hey, I think it's that guy over there," you make it play the sound. It starts beeping. You know, it's in that guy's backpack. Wow. That is something I did not know, and it's only 120 bucks for four of those items. Yeah, so that's they're they're like 30 dollars a piece. I've actually got one right here. Those are my it's unused right now. My number three tag, <laughs> still got the plastic on it. Uh, I think they're like 30 bucks a piece, or you get uh, a four for 100. Now, that was 130 Canadian, I think, after taxes. But this this is how big it is. 
and you can stick it in your backpack. You can stick it with, you can buy all sorts of fancy tags and stuff, but um, stick it in a DJ case, a road case, you name it. So you could literally tag every piece of gear that you own. You could, yeah. You could open up the cases and stick them inside. It's got a little coin cell battery and they're, they're supposed to last like two years or something, three years. I'll open it up again and put a new battery in. Wow. That's I could have used that during the great blackout of 77. <laughs> I could use that daily that was, whenever I lose whatever was, random electronic I've got. <laughs> stick it on your remote control, yeah. Yeah, that was the first and only time I had gear stolen. Uh-huh. And it was... It was my own fault. We had back then, of course, everything was passive, um, but it was a full band setup. And we took a Marshall amp, put it in the U-Haul, went back in to get more stuff, came back out. The Marshall was gone. And from then on, the rest of my key, uh, career, I always, always keep somebody. If we're loading up, somebody stays at the vehicle and then you, as soon as you see someone coming out with a piece of gear, then you go, you know, we just back and forth. Or if I have Lori with me, she just stays with the truck and I load it. And conversely, kind of like what Brian does, I have a smaller system. Everything fits on the rock and roller, one trip yeah. in and out. And, uh, you know, low tech situation, but, um, you know, you know, that's that's where we're going. So now, how about we go to um, the second part of um, a second topic? What happens if you need? I know that you you, you had mentioned uh, a feature called Backblaze. Now, tell us about that because you had turned us on to this. Oh my gosh! Must be well before <laughs> COVID, so it's a couple of years. years. Years ago, yeah, I've I've had Backblaze for a long time. I, I my my background is actually computer IT as well. I, I used to do um, home and small business uh, tech support, so dealing with uh, on-site backups, off-site backups. I, I always tell people you need both. So I carry my main hard drive. I have my mm-hmm. backup hard drive, so I've got two physical copies with me. And then I've mm-hmm. got actually a couple of cloud copies. So I've got a desktop one that's got my, my backup here at home, but none of these are any good if there's a fire, a theft, flood, et cetera. So mm-hmm. keep, a, keep a backup copy. <clears throat> actually, Jay um, mailed me or gave me one of his hard drives when, uh, when I was down for one of the shows. He said, here's a backup of my music. So I've got it up in my, my container up here. Uh, I'm sure it's out of date now, Jay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> That's it. You have an offsite backup. And the beauty of things like Backblaze or Dropbox, they're becoming so much better. Backblaze, like five bucks, six bucks a month, unlimited capacity. It backs up automatically in real time, stores in the cloud. If ever you need to recover, you can download or you can order a hard drive. You pay for the cost of the drive. And if you send it back, they'll refund you the, the money. Oh, wow. you, that's like genius insurance right there. Um, I use Dropbox as well because Recordbox now has a plan where it's the professional plan. You get unlimited Dropbox storage in addition to the, uh, the, the access to the software as part of the monthly fee. Uh, you just upload everything to Dropbox. And what's cool is you can actually go to the club and play or at your venue. And as long as you're connected to the internet, you can play remote off the cloud. You're just drawing it down the same as you would with any streaming service. So things like that are, are really providing you this sort of safety bubble that yeah, I've, I've got all my music here, 
but I've got it elsewhere. And you definitely need to have, have offsite backups. I've, I think I've got like five and I, that, that's a safe number for me, but two, not quite enough. Right. Well, that's really interesting. I didn't know that you could play, you know, from record box, you know, from the internet and you yeah, would be seamless. So it's, it's relatively new. It's called cloud direct play. And, but it's, just, mm-hmm. it works the same way as having, you have a, a, a drive that authenticates you mm-hmm. for your Dropbox account. So you're able to plug it into a player, a CDJ 3000 and play off of that. It's, it's not ideal. I mean, we, for, especially for someone who lives in rural America where your internet connection is you know, sketchy. I mean, heck I'm in urban North America and I find places where I have very poor Wi-Fi or cell coverage and I would still want to rely on having a hard drive, having everything local. But uh, yeah. as, a, as a backup option, yeah, that's... It's cheap. Now, Joel, you had mentioned the other night, you have Bla- uh, Backblaze as well. Yes, I did. I mean, very, very affordable for you. Yeah, the, the services Pulse is talking about, Microsoft OneDrive, Dropbox, and Backblaze are three... Basically, what they do is they mirror data from your computer to the cloud, to your storage, and they do it real time. So when you change or add a file, it will make the change on both sides simultaneously, which is good because your your real-time data protection. Uh, But it is specific to the data only on your computer that you've specified and which folders you've specified to be mm-hmm. replicated. I take it a little step further. Now, being in IT, my, one of my primary functions is to back up enterprise-level data. Uh, so I'm doing image-level backups of my computers. Now, there's a difference. An image backup can be restored to a disk after a failure and reboot the whole operating system. Oh, wow. Just using the services to back up your track files saves your music. But if your operating system drive dies, you have to be able to rebuild that. Now, how many people here that have had a Windows computer or a Mac computer, most computers nowadays, when you buy them, arrive preloaded with all of the software from the operating system. You do not get the CDs anymore. In fact, the, the operating systems have gotten so large, they won't fit on a DVD anymore. I mean, I uh, with Microsoft, there's a way, there's a functionality to build the restore disk, and I have to have a 32 gig restore disk a USB, Mm -hmm. you stick it in and it takes about an hour and a half. But what it does is it takes all of the install files on your computer and puts it on the disk. So if you lost the computer and you didn't have a good backup of it that you could restore, you could rebuild it. You stick the disk in boot and it rebuilds, it restarts the operating system. That being said though, you still have to go back and install all of your other software, which means you have to go digging to find all of your license keys and everything. Now, Rekordbox doesn't have a license key on six, but it did have on five. Um, I have license keys for Quicken, for Trend Antivirus, for you know Outlook and Out Office. Mm-hmm. And personally, 
when I buy a new computer and build it from scratch, it takes me weeks to get it to where I want it to by installing each piece of software. The base operating system that comes with a computer could be several security versions behind. So then you end up doing updates off the web. It takes forever. Mm-hmm. At our office, we use a commercial backup product called Veeam, V-E-E-A-M.com. It, it's a backup and replication software for the enterprise. And we have licensed at the office, but they have a free workstation version which I have downloaded and put on both of my laptop and my desktop. Once you install the software, you configure a backup job. Now, the free version allows you to have one backup job. If you buy a license, which isn't very expensive, I think it's $25 or something, you can have multiple backup jobs to, to backup data or other things. So I have the software set up on my PC and I've got it configured that on the last day of every month, I do a full backup of my entire computer, C drive and data drive. And I have a NAS, I have a QNAP NAS. So the QNAP is my local storage. Now, you don't have to have a QNAP, you can use an external plug-in USB disc that you've uh, used, as long as you have sufficient size to store the data file, you can use any type of drive you want. NAS is very useful because it, it's a network attached storage. The NAS comes with a significant amount of software that allows you to do many, many, many different things. And one of the things that it comes with is Cloud Connect software. It, it's called Hybrid Backup Sync. So what I did, on the, I do the backup on my PC. It puts, it, up, it puts the backup file in the NAS. So now I have two copies locally of my data. So then the NAS, I've got it defined with my Backblaze B2 account and a specialized code for mine. And it downloads the connection to Backblaze. That, it'll also work with Google Drive, Amazon, whatever backup service you decide to select. And... The reason we use Backblaze is because of several functions. One of, one of all, it's, it's cheaper. They only charge by the, the gigabyte versus like Google Drive has a two terabyte and a 10 terabyte tier. And the difference is $20 versus $50 a month. And I don't, I don't go anywhere near 10 terabytes. So I, I, I understood all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good so, Joel, so, so, once my, so once the backups are completed and put on the drive i've created a job on the drive that when i go to bed it pushes the backup files to the cloud to be three that's B3. what i was going to ask so you found a way to automate all this so you don't yes, have to do i have it. i have automated the entire process of backing up my computers wow so, it, I got my computer here that we're on right now set up that at two o'clock in the morning, it automatically runs back. It, it runs a full on the last day of every month. Between that time, it runs what we call incremental backups. It doesn't have to back up, but what has changed on the computer. And those, those files are much smaller. And so you can do that and it, uh, it pushes all the files to the cloud. So if my house burned to the ground right now, I could go buy a new computer, like Backblaze 
I could either get an internet connection and download the files and rebuild my computer with all of my software, DJ tracks, everything immediately. Or if, if I don't have a, a, a good enough internet connection, because it takes a pretty healthy internet connection to copy hundreds of, hundreds of gigabytes. You can do what back, uh, Pulse was talking about, Backblaze. You can order a disk from them. They'll put your files on a disk and they will overnight them to you. And then you can use that disk with the software to rebuild your computer. Hmm. So again, I've, I've automated the entire process. On my laptop, I don't have it automated because I don't have it on all the time. I just back it up when I'm using it. But my primary computer is set up just, I just leave it on. It runs a backup, turns itself off automatically. Okay, Pulse, um, I, I know you're the one that turned us on to this backblaze. Now, you, you said you can play record box directly if you're out in the field, if you had to, what about, um, from, you know, rec, um, from, uh, uh, what are the other storage options? Um, Dropbox uh, or, uh, one yes. What would, would you be able to play from yeah. that? Well, here, here's, here's the thing with a lot of the systems you're taking, what, <clears throat> excuse me, what's in your drive and then dumping a copy to the cloud. But with some of the, I know a lot of DJs are going to have more storage for music than they have internal storage on their hard drives and their computers, especially with, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the, the drives now selling a lot smaller than, you know, your four terabytes worth of music you take to a gig. Um, you can do what's called a selective sync. So Dropbox will have all that stuff uploaded, but it doesn't actually keep it local. It's only going to download as it needs it and brings it to the drive temporarily, and it has like an expiry on the on the file, and then purges it from your drive after a little while. So you're not taking up that space. So theoretically, yes, you could use any of these services with their selective sync tools. The files don't actually exist on your hard drive. So even if you're playing virtual Tractor, Serato, you name it, what happens is when you go and load that that song into your player it goes to the drive and says, oh, I need that file. And then your cloud service, your Dropbox, Google Drive, whatever, goes and retrieves it from the internet. And it says, okay, hold on a second. It pulls it down and the, the applications, meanwhile, just to limit thumbs waiting for you. It loads it once it's completed the downloading and you can play it. So yeah, you could theoretically do that with any of these cloud services. It's not speedy. You know, as Joel was saying, it takes a long time to download. And if you had to do that for every song in the night, you might set up a, a folder of songs that say, you know, this is my, my keep local folder. These are the ones I play all the time. Here's the thousand hits I play. And then the other mm -hmm. stuff you can just keep remote, but yeah, I'd, I'd still it. rather have the, the, the safety blanket of it's on my local drive, but it's in the cloud if I need it. Right. Yeah. The services, right. most of the services allow you to map a drive on your computer to the cloud. It's not mm -hmm. actually a drive on your computer. It's in the cloud but the computer deals with it just like it's local to your computer. Just like it's a really slow local right. drive. I can, I can map, <laughs> a, I can map a G H I H J disc on windows that it theoretically is either Google drive, black blaze, one drive, whatever. I mean, the computer doesn't know that the files aren't physically located here. The software takes care of all that in the internet connection. Like now, I said, it's, it's a speed problem based on, you know, how right. fast you need it. Now, uh, 
Pulse, I remember when you turned us on to this a few years ago, you had mentioned that the reason they have the overnight service is if you had a lot of music, it could take actual days. And let's say your computer went down on the Wednesday and you have a gig on Friday or Saturday, you might want to have it overnighted. Would that be the prudent thing to do? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got fiber, so I've got you know, at least 300 gig, uh, megabits down. It's ridiculously fast. I could probably have it down in, in, in a matter of hours to get a terabytes worth of, of, of data. But if oh, you're, okay. if you're on a, you know, like a really low tier residential, you might be on under hundred megabits, 50 megabits. It, it, the slower your connection, the longer it'll take. And if you're sharing it with anybody, it's definitely, if you've been on it, let me just put it this way. If you've been on a connection uh, on a video conference where you're the one who's buffering and, and freezing, you probably just want to order that hard drive to download. Yeah. Cause uh, right now I'm residential and I only have 50. Yeah. So. If you, if you ever, anyone wants to know, just go to fast.com. It's the Netflix test, test server. You can do speedtest.net. You can find your up and down, but uh, mm -hmm. those numbers, if they're under a hundred, you're, you're going to be slow. So that's why, uh, like Joel was saying, a, a lot of these backups are, are set to do at night when you know your, your traffic usage is lower and it just sends it all. Excellent. Imagine if you lost your home internet connection, you're in a hotel or you're at the local mm. library or something like that. You're not going to have anywhere near a <laughs> trickle. <laughs> trickle. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to thank you guys so much for the uh, nuggets here. Um, I understood most of it. Um, <laughs> Brian, I, I, I know that he's got it down, nailed down pretty good. Oh, you've got a new haircut from all that information. Yeah. I, 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 did Travis, have one. I hope that was helpful to you. It definitely was. Right. Backlay service is something I'm definitely going to look into because yeah. I don't have any off sites. I got a fireproof safe and a fireproof lockbox. All my backup hard drives stay in, but you know, these these hard drives they don't last forever either so i want something that'll be a lot more secure i guess or mm -hmm. in the in the it's it safely world. it's more safely kept i should say in the it world we work on what we call a three two one system that's three copies two copies one copy three copies local two that are archive and one permanent cloud level storage and that way in an emergency, you can restore your data as quickly as possible. I mean, in the old days, our offsite used to be tapes. We would you would run your backups, you put them on a tape, you put the tapes in a box. A tape storage service would come every day to your site. You give them the box, they take it to a secure building. But there have been times where those secure buildings have burned to the ground. So mm. we have switched total, our office has switched totally from a tape back system two years ago to a cloud system. So we run the backups at night. My data network pushes them from here in Georgia to a site in Colorado. So now all of a sudden I have two backups, one local and one in Colorado. Then after 45 days, the Colorado version is then pushed to the Microsoft blob server as a permanent archive storage for legal purposes, but it's in the cloud and fully restorable. So it, 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 it's very advantageous to keep one or two copies local, but to use the cloud services 
and think of a cloud. I've, I know people that will use multiple hard drives and they will, they will make multiple hard drive backups and they'll take them to a family member or they'll take them to their DJ buddy or they'll put them in their office locally. Well, carrying a hard drive around, if you drop it, you can damage it or even totally destroy it. Even solid state disk drives can be broken if you drop them. So we, by using cloud services, you take all that physical away from it. And with my cloud situation is if I lost my internet connection and they, they broke it or something, it buffers locally. So when they get the connection back up, it, start, it would start pushing everything to the cloud and catch it would play catch up. So. All right. Well, Brian, you were going to say something there. How about you uh, close this out then? I was just going to say that, you know, my one big takeaway tonight is uh, just hire IT people to handle that stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs> ask, ask the questions of the people who know. Yeah. DJ IT services, a new business. Com completely <laughs> ignore their uh, passion, shall we say. They can be a little drama ridden about this stuff. <laughs> ignore that drama part. Set say, the yeah, fear, yeah, Brian. yeah. Just make it happen. Here's the money, and they'll make it happen for you. If you're in an office where you have, there he goes again. You know, if, there you, you go. if, you're, if you're part of a, a DJ conglomerate group where you have multiple DJs in an office environment where you all work together, a NAS is a fantastic product where everybody can connect to it. It's pronounced NAS. Nas. Lil Nas. Sorry. But it's highly, it's highly, I've had a, a, a Nas for at home now for four years. My first Nas bit the dust. I had to, I had to, just had to rebuild it, which was I a whole lot of fun. My Nas bites the dust. I, Another I Nas bites the dust. Another one. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for your knowledge. Really appreciate it. And that'll do it for us tonight. And, and forgive our ignorance. Have a night, everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs>